HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're foraging. From Prospect Park to an iPhone app, what does it mean to find our own food? We've recorded, I think, over 1,300 species of fungi occurring in New York City. You know, my ingredients are making themselves, and so that rather than having the stress of needing to source the things I need, I can just walk out my back door and I can have them. Foraging overall is born out of living with the land and with the seasons by indigenous people. Tune in to Meet and 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. I'm Southern T. And I'm Greg Benson. Guys, we are one week into maskless society in California. Happened a week ago. Still weird. <laughs> so I, I know you guys have been like a little opened up in, in New York, right? When did it happen in New York exactly? Tuesday. Yeah. Wait, just, uh, just, just Tuesday. Tuesday. So a week, yeah. a week for us as well. Um, you know, it happened on Tuesday. My bar isn't open right now on Tuesday. So Wednesday was the first day that we were allowed. But at, at, at Amore Margo, we're only doing outdoor service still anyway. So it doesn't really matter. And indoor at reserve uh, has been, you know, seated. You can take your mask off anyway. So it didn't really change anything for me at the at, at Amore. But it did change things at, you know, the other spots that uh, are under my purview. And it's cautiously optimistic i'll say how about how about that yeah yeah i mean like what 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 i've noticed is that uh you know a lot of people because i you know where i work is in napa and yeah also we're only open uh wednesday through sunday but um yeah you know you've got people who are mostly tourists and they uh (laughs) it's like covid never existed um but we are still wearing masks and there was two things that happened um Two different kind of conversations we've had. One, people are insisting that we take off our customers are uh, insisting that we take off our masks, um, because I guess they just think that you know, it's like everyone should be able to do that. 
But two, other people have been asking us to take off our masks because it's freaking them out. And I'm like, why is it freaking you out? And they're like, I don't know, but it's just freaking me out. And I'm like, mm. okay, well, the thing is, Deal with it. <laughs> like people have like, they, they were straight up like, can you please take off your mask? And we're like, no, we're still wearing masks. It's like every business has the right to make those rules. And we decided that we weren't comfortable yet. Um, there are a lot of people traveling around that are, you know, not taking, you know, they're kind of throwing caution in the wind and, you know, it just makes us feel comfortable and we're the ones who are here all day. So <laughs> deal yeah, with it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Have you guys come uh, across anything like that so far? I can understand like, hey, can you take your mask off? I can't hear you. Like maybe I could get that, yeah, but like, yeah. can you take your mask off because you're reminding me of the horrible reality that exists outside of this nice little comfy you know, fantasy land that I've chosen to carve out for myself for the next two hours just seems like a really unfair request to me. I talked to my staff about it and uh, we're, you know, discussing it and kind of like, how do we like say this without, you know, I, I, do we, do we have like a death count in the back room, like next to the schedule? <laughs> I, I like, seriously, I was like, if somebody like next time somebody tells me that like I'm going there after this and like somebody tells me to take my mask up and be like, well, 56 people died in California yesterday from COVID. So I'm going to keep it on. Thanks. You know, right. <laughs> I do right. how do you, how do you sort of politely put it across that it's your choice to wear it just as much as it's their choice not to, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's only happened to me once. Um, and it was actually before this two weeks, I was asked if I could take my mask off and I said, no, um, not going to do it. Uh, it's, I, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to have some more sticky, weird conversations with our staffs and with our uh, with our yeah. guests. Uh, and we're just going to have to. On know. a on another note, I'm starting to like last week, you know, because being there in Napa, I usually take lunch breaks and go do some like kind of like market network with a bunch of different like retail and like on premise, you know, bars, restaurants uh, and uh Seeing people without their masks on uh, after knowing, quote unquote, knowing them for a year, uh, there's this like disassociative, like facial recognition thing mm -hmm. where I'm like, I'm kind of like at this point, I'm almost like if I met you within the last year, you got to keep wearing your mask because I don't know. Yeah, that's how I know you. Like, I, I don't even recognize you. Like this other half of your face is just really throwing me off. <laughs> Do you, uh, do you ever get tempted to save, shave just the part of your beard that was under the mask, Damon, and, like, preserve the rest of it so that when you take it off, people are like, whoa, where did that happen? And then you could kind of, like, gaslight them be like, this is how my facial hair has always been, dude. Don't yeah, you remember? Yeah. Pandemic <laughs> really messed with your mind, man. I mean, similarly, <laughs> uh, I saw Sam Lewinton, you know, of Everyman Espresso. Mm -hmm. uh, he came over to one of my grill outs. I've been grilling out a lot. Um, and I hadn't seen him. Uh, in some time, I've certainly saw, seen him during the pandemic, but it's been at least some months. Uh, and he came up, and he, we were in my backyard, and he took off his uh, mask. And I was—it's the first time I've, ever, I've known the guy for ten years. The first time I've ever seen him without a beard. He said he shaved uh. it because it was bothersome to be under the mask. Um, I thought uh, you were going to say that he had a grill on his teeth, <laughs> like, yeah. like that I was says thinking, I coffee and why. Yeah, like I like I was thinking about doing that too. Get like a gold tooth or something, you know, and like and just like <laughs> just take off the mask now. People are gonna be like, whoa, and I'm be like, Yeah, it's always been there. <laughs> like that would be awesome. 
Hey, you're still wearing them at work. There's still time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I could definitely do it. It'd be easier to get that done in New York than in Napa, though. I can tell you that much. Um, (laughs) But uh, I think it would be probably more effective out here as far as, uh, you know, we, we do a lot cooler stuff in New York than what happens in Napa. So I think, I think it would stand out more out here probably. Anyway, um, it's still, it's, it's not a no on that. Uh, it's just trying to figure out where I can get that done. But anyway, gold teeth, man, what a cool thing. I guess they don't really make them with gold anymore. Right. Or like, like the actual technical, like caps on teeth. Right. It's usually like some sort of, Veneer, something boring that looks like an actual tooth. David, it's New York City. If you want a, a tooth made out of gold, you can find a tooth made out of gold. You just got to know where to look and have enough ingenuity to look hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I definitely have friends who have had gold teeth made in New York. And uh, <laughs> Souther, you just sent me a picture of him with a gold tooth. Okay, if Souther can do it, <laughs> then, then anyone can do it. All right, fair enough. Well, that's yeah. the cover art for this episode right here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's from a. That's when I did uh, Tiki Monday with Miller at that one. That one I did it a couple times. That one looks like it was at uh, Mother's Ruin. Yeah, man, I did a few of those, and what a dang workout! Um, yeah, no, for sure. That's that's probably the hardest I've ever worked behind a bar, and I was, and it was meant to be fun. And uh, yeah. there were there were times where I was like, you know what? This isn't my job. I could just quit right now and go to the other side of the bar and have as much fun as everyone else have. It is fun, but it it is quite a workout. You got to be pretty uh, mentally and physically ready for those nights. I do miss those nights. Um, Like on days. Speaking of athleticism. (laughs) There we go. Nicely done. There it is. That's a that's a uh, a gold medal level pivot right there. <laughs> you like that? Great. Yeah. Um, well, uh, actually, we have a great guest in the studio today um, who's involved with Athletic Brewing, which is an awesome brewery that's doing a lot of cool stuff, um, but also very very much more involved with our guest today, Alex Shoreman. Uh, welcome to the studio. I believe this is your first time on, right? We've definitely talked with you before but i think this is your first time on the show yeah this is uh my first time on the show Great. i know uh john was on uh yeah. a little while back, our, our co-founder right cool yeah. well welcome to the show sweet thanks so much for having me looking forward to uh hanging out with y'all yeah absolutely i actually i know that you've been uh involved in a lot of outdoor type stuff so i'm, I'm actually wearing my filson uh, Smokey the Bear uh, shirt for you today, I, although awesome. you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Yeah, so why don't you tell us about yourself and what you've been up to these days? Yeah, so um, you know, my official role at Athletic is uh, Director of JEDI and Nonprofit Partnerships. So JEDI stands for uh, Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Um, and I actually, as you mentioned, you know, have a long background in outdoor and values driven work. Uh, so I come from started my career actually on Capitol Hill and in political campaigns and then transitioned over into the outdoor space. Uh, I worked for Protect Our Winters, which is a global nonprofit dedicated to advocating uh, for climate change policy. 
and then spent the last four years uh, doing uh, mission-driven work with uh, brands in the outdoor active lifestyle space. Uh, so coming to uh, coming to the the beverage space from a, a little bit of a different space, but it's cool to uh, to be in the industry and, and bringing the knowledge that I have uh, to a brand that's really intersecting all of uh, my past interests and uh, experiences. Very cool. Yeah, I, like I was actually talking with uh, one of our, um, one of my bosses yesterday, who's a big bike bicyclist, and as am I these days. I moved out to California three years ago specifically to Marin it's like road biking like Mecca in the United States feels like and uh but I know that a big part of it is at least with my friends in my group that uh I ride with uh a big part of it is where are we going to stop on the way to have a beer and so it kind of makes sense to have (laughs) these two worlds kind of connected like that um Oh yeah, bikes, bikes, and beers go together just so well. Um, really does, I, I'm yeah. a mount, more of a mountain biker, so I spend a lot of time off road. But right. it's like ending, ending at the tailgate with a beer with friends is just like it, it's the routine, you know. Um, and then, or going down, you know, I, where I I really fell in love with craft beer and mountain biking was Waterbury, Vermont, which is you know belovedly known as Waterbury and. You know, the home of the alchemist and and kind of the uh, the craft beer epicenter of Vermont. And, uh, you know, literally our trail network was right on Main Street. So it'd be like end your ride and then go right down to the, you know, to the black back or the pro pig or the res and, and end it with a beer. I mean, that like. That's the goal that for me, that's what got me into biking was knowing that there was a beer at the end. Um so there's it's definitely not- great motivation when you're like, oh, my God, I'm so tired <laughs> and thirsty and, and just dying. I, I cannot wait to have that beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's not allowed to be on bikes anymore. Yeah, so yeah. I took my bikes away. <laughs> it took his bike privileges away. Um, yeah. Thankful you're still alive. Um, That's right. You should actually, if you're going to ride, you should come out here and do it. Or to, Vermont where, you know, just not like Avenue A and, and 6, yeah. but like 4 in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, Um, you know, I used to live up in Vermont. I love it up there. It's gorgeous. Uh, I've lived everywhere, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I start to sound like a crazy person if you talk to me for long enough. Didn't you go to uh, culinary school up there? I taught at the New England Culinary Institute. Yeah, Yeah, in Montpelier. Um, but, uh, I can easily see how these two worlds would collide. And and then uh, honestly, I could see no better state for them to collide. But I also think that, you know, anything can circle its way back to the, to the sort of, uh, beverage space. You know what I mean? Right. Because you can be, you can be any walk of life and come back and say, well, I also want a beer at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, an activist or a lawyer or, you know, I don't know, uh, sanitation truck driver, who cares? Like the communion wine, probably, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. The, at the end of your day is going to circle back to this, but I do think it's pretty yeah. interesting that you've worked in so many uniquely outdoor spaces, or outdoor directed spaces. Talk a little bit about that. Like, what, talk to us a little bit about these things that you've been working with. Protect our winters. Uh, are we trying to save winter? <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, um, particularly, I, I was just chatting with somebody yesterday where in the Northeast states, so the states that I learned to ski and snowboard in, by 2040 with climate change, I think it was something like half of, um, of the resorts will be impacted or maybe not even able to operate. I haven't oh. double checked that, but 
based upon sort of my time at Protect Our Winters, like that that sounds like in the realm of sort of what we know is going to happen, particularly to these, you know, more closer to kind of where most people live type mountains where it's lower elevation and easier access, Mm -hmm. um, which is hugely like negative impact on the ski industry where it's like, if people aren't are having to like go fly to high elevation mountains, far off in (laughs) distant lands, nobody's going to ski. Um, we need, you know, we need those easy access mountains to grow the sport. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool approach, um, to advocating for climate change policy because it was rather than like, Hey, this is the right thing to do for the environment, which was obviously what we were talking about. It was like, Hey, here's like the negative economic impact that this is going to have on communities around the country. Um, and we actually were able to like get meetings with like conservative Republican senators, um, to talk about, Hey, like, you know, uh, the senators from Utah, we had sit down meetings with them to be like, Hey, look, like a lot of these brands are based in your state. Like you need to care about this. And, uh, you know, some of the nonprofit, uh, brands at that or organizations that we worked with actually were like, yeah, we've never even been able to get like a call back from them. So it really Mm -hmm. shows the power of this approach of talking about like, Hey, Industry can really drive change here when we talk about the economic impacts of this on communities. Well, yeah. And on, on the flip side, industry can be really affected by this. Like I've always it's always annoyed me that a lot of climate change activists go for the Lisa Simpson argument that it's the right thing to do, which, you know, it is. But good luck getting people who have, you know, millions of dollars at stake for just ignoring this problem to give a shit about what the right thing to do is, you know. When when really, like you said, I'm sure it's so much more effective to go to them and just say, hey, like if, if you don't fix this problem now, all of these properties that you own are going to be out of business within two decades. Yeah. And it's like, wake up. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to do something here, you know. Um, but yeah, was- it was a really... It was a really like doing that work, you know, it was really cool, too, because I got to partner with some awesome brands like, um, you know, Ben and Jerry's and Burton Snowboards and um, Patagonia and the North Face and a lot of those like kind of big values driven brands in that space and really kind of see how they operate. And it it really, I think, informs sort of my professional like decision making as like I'm really a mission driven person. Like I want to have the most positive impact on the world possible. And working with Protect Our Winters, I saw like, you know, brands really have the power to create positive change. And even when our government is lagging to do to take up sort of the leadership mantle, brands can step in and do that and brands can really step up and and create the positive change in the world that we want to see and that that's really what kind of drew me into working brand side and then ultimately now working working for um for athletic and and bringing your point about everything sort of comes back to beer like i often think like why am i in this beer (laughs) space you know and it's like well it's like that's our connector right like everybody loves to like connect over a beer Um, and, and you can have, you know, meaningful conversations over a beer and, and find, you know, shared humanity over beer. So I think it's like this really powerful tool to, to create that human connection and, and have those, those, uh, those challenging conversations, um, in sort of the, the not threatening way of, of, of cheersing a beer together. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's interesting. It's also striking me that we've been talking for about 20 minutes now and we haven't mentioned the 
the the the MacGuffin of Athletic Brewing Company, which is that it's non-alcoholic beer. Um, <clears throat> which you know, I mean, it was a, a good conversation. You know, every, everyone should have at least a twenty-minute conversation about climate change every single day for the next twenty years. <laughs> um, but it's, it, I, it, you know, I want to circle back to that because <clears throat> I wanted to ask if you thought that because athletic does have, you know, I mean, it's in the name, it's in this whole sort of like lifestyle uh, ethos that it has. Did that make athletic ideally placed to kind of take up this mantle and and fight for these outdoor spaces? Yeah, you know, I see there's like, you know, I think there's kind of like a perfect intersection with athletic where, you know, my per, my my in, <clears throat> introduction to athletic was just as a drinker. Um, you know, I kind of was going through a bit of a dark time in life and was definitely like, you know, overindulging with the craft beer that I had readily accessible in the town that I lived in. And, um, you know, I was trying to take a break just, just to reset, uh, my relationship with alcohol, but I found it really isolating socially. Cause like I said, everything ended with a beer and it was like a bummer to have to be like, Oh, I want a seltzer water here. Um, and, uh, it was really nice to have a like delicious, awesome tasting beverage, uh, craft beer that I could enjoy with my friends and not disrupt that routine of drinking a beer at the tailgate. And what I found that was really cool was I actually lost like a bunch of weight and got way stronger on the bike over the summer that I paused drinking and was just kind of enjoying athletic and, and other non-alcoholic options, um, and uh, then gradually reintroduced alcohol back into my life in a more healthy manner. And, uh, you know, so I think at our core, we're really excited about um, empowering and helping people live active, healthy lifestyles. And then also what we know is that communities that have access to outdoor spaces often are much healthier. So that's why we're really committed to standing up for these outdoor spaces. And we commit, you know, 2% of our revenue um, going back to supporting access to the outdoors. Uh, and then also on the flip side, you know, being non-alcoholic, it's, it's inherently an inclusive product where there's just more people that can enjoy it. And there's more occasions that you can enjoy it. Um, so we really feel that inclusivity is really at the core of, you know, what we do at athletic and, uh, bringing new drinkers in and bringing new people in to this community that we all love is, 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 you know, tied directly to what our product is doing by, you know, allowing more people to enjoy craft beer. Absolutely. I like I first got a hold of it like right at the beginning of, of COVID uh, and it, it kind of found me at like a time when I also really needed it. I needed to like <laughs> pump the brakes a lot on, you know, my alcohol intake. So, and um, most importantly, it's fucking delicious. I mean, like up until like there up to this point, you know, like, Non-alcoholic drinks, beers specifically, have been kind of like, you know, kind of like almost, I, I, don't, I hate to say this, but kind of like an afterthought. Just kind of like, ah, I guess we got to do this, you know, like by the bigger breweries. 
and they didn't really i didn't feel like anyone was like really nailing it and also the beer styles were like super light kind of like lager pilsner stuff you have the the broad spectrum with with athletic you know from like ipas to like um like cerveza style like I mean, it's it's really it's amazing like i've always loved actually when we're talking about the uh, tiki tiki monday nights with brian miller like one of the the nights that i did was with kona brewing company i wanted to do beer tiki drinks just because i thought it was like no one does that this will be really cool and it'll be really challenging i actually made cocktails at home beer cocktails with these beers like my girlfriend loves micheladas and so like we were making micheladas with it like it's very versatile and I, you don't miss the alcohol it's like kind of the most important part to me you know yeah that's that's what kind of blew me away like where it made me realize how little importance or value the alcohol added to the drinking right. experience and that like really what I enjoy about craft beer is the flavors and the exploration and the community and social aspect of it. Absolutely. And that sort of like getting to try something new and explore something new and find new, you know, going to a city and finding new culture and, and things like that. Like all of those things are what I enjoy about craft beer and the like getting drunk just isn't like or even getting buzzed isn't really wasn't adding value, especially now I'm in my thirties where it's like, you know, recovering from a night of drinking takes a lot longer <laughs> and oh, then yeah. not doing the things that I want to be doing. So it's like, yeah, it's like, wow, wait, I can do all those things I like about drinking and craft beer and not have those negative aspects. It was just, it was really like kind of a revolutionary, you know, moment for me in my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that it helps you like build a bigger tent of, of, you know, the people that you can, the things you can do both on the night of and the day after, and also kind of like, you know, the people that you can be around and you can bring in people who might not want, who might not ever drink or who might just might not want to drink that night and, uh, and, and really build that community out. And we also have to talk to you about some uh, other community building that you're doing with your new beer, Rainbow Wall. But first, we've got to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. So we'll be right back with Alex Showerman from Athletic Brewing here on The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. 
The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And we are back. You were listening to The Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. Today we're talking with Alex Showerman of Athletic Brewing Company. And when we first left or when we last left off at the break, we were going to be talking about your new beer Rainbow Wall. Tell us a little bit about where that concept came from and what y'all are doing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Rainbow's, Rainbow Wall's super cool collab beer that we did for Pride Month with uh, professional climber Alex Johnson. Um, she's, uh, you know, world-class and also an out queer woman. Um, you know, I'm really super well-respected. Actually, I was just out living in Colorado with a bunch of, uh, fellow queer women and climbers and like, they all really look up to her, um, as just like an icon and leader and advocate and just somebody who's really doing awesome things to break down barriers, um, as both a climber and, uh, uh, LGBTQ, uh, person, um, in outdoor sports. So we, um, she's on the athletic team, uh, and, uh, you know, we started talking with her about seven months ago about doing something around pride. And, uh, that was sort of where rainbow wall was born. Um, so we worked with her on really every aspect of the campaign from, uh, having her and her partner, Bree, who actually has worked in the, the uh, I believe, the craft beer space a little bit, uh, they met with our brew team and talked about, you know, what kind of beers they like to drink in the summer, what kind of beer they want to be bringing to the crag, what flavor profiles they enjoy. Um, and then our brew team took that and came up with, uh, you know, this awesome blood orange IPA that's just like super crisp and refreshing and like really crushable for for summertime adventures. Um, and then um, the name actually is, you know, obviously with pride rainbows are a big deal, but that's actually not why it's called Rainbow Wall. Uh, it's one of Alex's favorite routes to climb in Red Rocks, Nevada uh, is called Rainbow Wall. So it kind of wound up being this like perfect name for the beer where it's like her favorite, one of her favorite routes and obviously has sort of the fun tie in. And then we did this really awesome, you know, we didn't want to, you know, profit off of this beer. We wanted to make sure that it was, you know, the proceeds were going back to supporting the LGBTQ plus community. Um, So finding a nonprofit partner to donate the proceeds to was sort of the next piece of the puzzle. And Alex mentioned uh, Athlete Ally, um, which is a nonprofit that works to build um, safe and inclusive spaces for athletes. Um, and, uh, personally, I was also really excited about it cause I'm a trans, uh, uh, trans woman who identifies as a lesbian and, uh, athlete ally also played a really important part in my coming out journey. Um, so it was like really cool when she said that I was like, oh my God, yeah, let's do that. Um, so we linked up with them and they had been looking for funds to create an in-person coaches symposium to train, high school aged coaches how to create safe spaces for um, LGBTQ youth and had targeted actually Southern California as one of their markets that they felt would have the most impact to do this. So our funding is going to create that symposium. um, And I think they're targeting kind of the fall um, COVID dependent and everything uh, for doing that. That's amazing. And how, 
and this is just the beginning, right? So, I mean, starting in Southern California, I mean, I, I assume that's kind of the uh, the springboard for it all. And then it can take on more growth and spread around the country and the world. Yeah, um, I know this is definitely, you know, for us, I know what we raised from this beer is going to fund that one. But I know it is something that they are looking to grow. They've done one before, actually, with Nike um up in uh the pacific northwest so i personally i think it's like really cool for me that like you know athletic uh you know non-alcoholic craft brewer is we're doing the same kind of level programming in this space as nike um you know which is really neat uh and then uh yeah we haven't really talked about kind of the longer term like where we go next but i think you know we're really excited to see where this coach's symposium grows into and and continue continue the dialogue with them yeah it just seems it just seems like something that's like perfect for for growth you know especially i mean southern california for sure but then you you know obviously you mentioned nevada and colorado and i mean even vermont uh you know these are great spaces to do that i love the idea of like (laughs) this is gonna this is kind of ridiculous but like i we you know we missed tales of the cocktail for the last two years i really miss walking around drinking outside so (laughs) just being outside doing (laughs) athletic things and and drinking is kind of fun too but i also think like it's just so awesome to have that in that the inclusivity of not only the 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 community uh lgbtq plus but then like the kind of like outdoors like like there are all these worlds that come together that are that make so much sense in in this kind of partnership and it's like why didn't this happen so much sooner than it did you know like i feel like there's so much cool activity happening and so many great collaborations and partnerships and it's like you're just kind of like man that's just the best idea ever and i can't believe that hasn't happened so thank you for doing it basically is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's been fun. And it, it's kind of interesting because I think, you know, it's coming to the craft beer space. You know, obviously I was a drinker for a long time, but coming to the industry with sort of this outside perspective and and coming from the outdoor sports space, it's really fascinating how like, you know, you brought up that point of like, it's really cool that like there's all these things coming together on this campaign and it is kind of mind blowing seeing how like siloed I feel like the industries are where it's like these two industries go hand in hand together, right? right? Like outdoor sports and craft beer go hand in hand, but then operate in such very different spaces and very rarely do come together to do something like this. And it's like our powers combined, we can do really cool things like this and create positive change. Um, and also I think interestingly, outdoor sports and craft beer both struggle from a lot of the same challenges when we're talking about building inclusive culture in that, you know, they really do speak to one demographic and both haven't really largely extended the invite to, uh, underrepresented communities. And when I say underrepresented, I mean, everything from, uh, women, LGBTQ, BIPOC communities, and other um, identities that are are not really seen. You know, we just both outdoor and craft haven't proactively reached out and said, "Hey, come join us here." 
Um, so I think there's a lot of really great opportunities to bring us both together and do more things like this. I can think of one right at the top of my head that's local to, to where I'm at. And I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area and there's the huge like San Francisco Marathon that goes over the Golden Gate Bridge. They meet up in Golden Gate Park. I, uh, I, was, I haven't run in the marathon, uh, but I've been at the end of it to greet my friends when they finish. <laughs> nice. That's like running a marathon yeah. With, yeah. in some ways. It takes you a know, lot of effort to support people. It yeah. does. It does. I, I had to carry my cooler like at least a mile and a half, like, you know, from <laughs> my parking space to the middle of the park. Um, was it a Yeti or like one of those big ones? Because if it was, then you basically ran a marathon. That's exactly yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. I brought a lot of beer, too. So, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> but I was just thinking, you know, like, especially with that community here, you know, San Francisco's known for the inclusivity of these communities. And also, again, it's, you know, really known for like outdoor sports and things. Man, I I, I could see, I can see it already. Just like a collaboration with athletic and the marathon, like as a, as a finish line kind of sponsor. I like, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all about the marketing angles and I, that one just makes perfect sense to me since we've been talking about these different. Well, I'm, I'm, we are all for hearing ideas. And I think, you know, one of the things that is really cool that really brought me to athletic is um, there's definitely like a super entrepreneurial, like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do, let's try cool things like that. Let's, let's find new opportunities and also a really strong commitment. Um, so, uh, I mentioned part of my job is I'm the, uh, director of nonprofit partnerships. So we actually have like a commitment to give away, um, 3% of revenue, um, to charitable causes, 2% to trail-based nonprofits, and then 1% to inclusivity impact programs focused on breaking down barriers and craft beer. Um, so I know uh, we're looking at like uh, for the inclusivity and impact stuff, like half a million dollars this year. So we're always looking for cool partnerships. Yeah. You actually just touched on something that I was thinking about before, but I kind of got sidetracked by coming up with all these different collaborative ideas. Um <laughs> The inclusivity, like it's something like I know we're running out of time, but like it's really cool to see undertakings like this and like this kind of growth. And we haven't even really talked about this in in the beer world, in the beer space that has always been kind of like like a boys club, you know. Um, So it's really cool to see this kind of these kinds of changes coming about, you know, Um, much more inclusive, expanding the kind of widening the aperture of what it can be. I mean, I feel like booze in general has always been kind of like a boys club, but we're starting, we've been seeing it, you know, with craft beer, craft beer kind of like ushered in a lot of ways, craft spirits and cocktails into the forefront, like, you know, starting Mm -hmm. about 30 years ago. And now it's kind of cool to see that it's kind of coming back to craft beer in a new way that's actually opening up even more, which I think actually kind of comes from the cocktail community back to this situation and in the way that the you know like i i don't know it's like i was just thinking it's like communities helping out communities still you know different like you said before like you think that some that you were thinking that some of these have been compartmentalized and siloed but this is like live proof of those communities coming together and helping each other out in a, a very different way i'm very inspired i'm gonna like I'm going to take a long bike ride after this so I can have a, a couple beers. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
that's when I do my best thinking is honestly the bike. I go, yeah. you know, go for a ride. And then, and then, have and then the beer, beer afterwards. Like, oh, there's the idea that I was looking yeah. for. Right. <laughs> well, and plus I think uh, what a great distance we've come in the, in the non-alcoholic beer space, you know, yeah. it doesn't seem that long ago to me that it was just your options were like, Oh, duels, you know? Um, and now there, there are options out there that are refreshing and delicious. And again, spanning a, a, a good, uh, um, uh, you know, variety. Um, Natalie, my lady, she doesn't drink. Um, uh, she stopped drinking a few years ago because she just has a very intense reaction to alcohol. Um, any any amount of alcohol ensures a tremendous hangover the next day, so she just gave it up entirely. And she drinks uh, um, the athletic beers, and she's one of her favorite beers that she uh, has kind of lost track of is, is Goza. And you guys have just come out with a Goza, I think? Yeah, Downwinder. It's one of my favorites. It's really delicious. Yeah. It's such a good summer beer. Yeah, we're trying to get a hold of some of that um, so she can have some I think of that it's on the, the website right now, so we, you can get it sent right to your house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the other great thing that I wanted to mention. I know, again, we are running uh, short on time here, but the fact that you're non-alcoholic means that you can kind of ship anywhere, correct? Um, more or less, yeah. Uh, there are a couple states with, like, slightly antiquated laws that we're not allowed to i think ship into but more or less anywhere in the u.s we're able to ship to now and then we are expanding to a couple international markets like i think believe we're in canada and the uk now oh that's outstanding and for our listeners uh, following along i'm sure you've got an instagram and a, and a website you want to talk about yeah, um, athleticbrewing.com um, is the website, and that's where you can go learn more about these awesome campaigns and issues that we've been talking about, as well as order beer and have it delivered right to your doorstep, which is rad. Um, and then on ins- uh, Instagram as Athletic Brewing. And you should mention, or we should mention this too, because I mean, I was, it's a good good time to bring this up, Souther, because... If you go, and this is something we talked about last time when John was on the show, but like when you go to the website at athleticbrewing.com, you can join what's called the the athletic club. And that way you can actually get different deals on, uh, you you can like mix and match, uh, different six packs and, and you get like discounts on merch and like beer and shipping deals and all this stuff. And also it's a really great way to like, I'm actually part of it. Um, and you get to like, be like you have your finger on the pulse with all these different releases that are coming out things like the rainbow wall things like the uh the downwinder like these awesome beers that are like last time we had john on the show it was like there was only two beers i think it was the run wild and the upside dawn upside dawn yeah yeah well our two flagships we now have three flagships um yep Free, yeah. Freeway became so popular that we had to make it a flagship because people are asking for it so much. It's just so and cool. And then like, what's crazy is I think we did, I was talking to our e-commerce team and I think we did 40 different e, like available on e-commerce limited beers last year, which is just crazy wow. to think. Yeah. Like yeah. we have three flagships and then we did 40 different <laughs> beers that you could get and have shipped to your house. Yeah. Like, what like, wow. and that was like what a jump from like oh duels <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, right. like exactly. what three years ago to now having that kind of access to to non-alcoholic beer it's yeah. super cool it's and yeah. so souther you should definitely get on that because i mean like there was some really cool stuff that came out honestly like the all-out stout is like i think you would love the all-out stout i mean it's it kicks fucking ass <laughs> that's all i gotta say um that's 
but um but yeah it's awesome so yeah check out everyone who's listening out there check out athleticbrewing.com but also um jump on that athletic club because it's a lot of fun a lot of cool stuff coming from that um alex thanks so much for being on the show today i i know that uh we uh you are a very busy person and uh it's great to have you take the time to chat with us about all this stuff and thanks for all this cool stuff that you're doing um been a really really fun you know just watching the the growth of athletic brewing company but also it's been great talking with you about all this these new initiatives and very cool stuff partnerships with athlete ally ally and uh it's still cool thank you thank you for all that you're doing yeah thanks so much for having me and and the kind words and uh uh it was a blast uh catching up with you all and and you know we're gonna keep on uh keep on making awesome beer so we can keep on funding all of these really cool campaigns and and uh helping everybody live active healthy lifestyles so excited to yeah. hear you're all fans and and appreciate what we're doing because we definitely put our hearts and souls into it absolutely and we'll keep following you but also you know let us know whenever whenever you've got some new stuff coming up, because I know you will. And, uh, and we can't wait to have you back on the show sometime. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for the speakeasy this week. Check out heritage radio network.org for many more programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station. And until next week, y'all cheers. Cheers. cheers everybody. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll. Lord knows that country music. Save your soul The river runs the groove In the rhythm and blues That's him It's gonna get you some The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network Food radio supported by you For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10 year anniversary celebration happening all year long Subscribe to our newsletter Enter your email at the bottom of our website HeritageRadioNetwork.org Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at Facebook.com forward slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fair, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.